The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. Wow. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, the last 24 hours in American politics are the craziest 24 hours I've ever been involved with with from the standpoint of of covering them. And we had, um, I think, six hours of live streams yesterday in addition to the broadcast show and the bonus show and uh, almost an impossibility to even keep up with what is going on. So today's show is going to be very different than any show we've done. We are in a sense, we are winging it. And what I mean by that is um, I have about 13 or 14 different stories that I would like to talk about today. Um, And we may get to all of them and we may not. In other words, I'm starting today not with every minute planned as we normally have, uh, but with an idea of the things we should discuss. And we'll just jump into them. And I hope I, I know a lot of you have been emailing me saying I can't keep up. Well, we we haven't been able to keep up either. So let, let's try to do justice to the last 24 hours, because the historical significance really cannot be overstated. Um, let's start with what happened yesterday. Yesterday, January 6th, was meant to be the day during which there would be a merely ceremonial counting of the electoral votes, which were cast on December 14th. In the November election, Joe Biden won via popular vote in the 50 U.S. states, winning some, losing some, getting enough electoral votes to become president. On December 14th, the electors in all 50 states certified their uh, uh, state's election. And on January 6th, those ballots already having been cast on December 14th, a joint session of the House and Senate led by Vice President Mike Pence as president of the Senate was to simply count those votes. Now, we knew there would be some chaos because for two months, Donald Trump has been uh, insisting without evidence that he actually won, that it was rigged, that he wants uh, this state to be overturned, that he wants that state to be overturned, that there were massive dumps of ballots that Mike Pence needs to do the right thing and that something and it wasn't just Trump, but many of his most sycophantic supporters who were hoping, planning, believing that something would happen yesterday that would prevent Joe Biden from being determined in that joint session by Mike Pence, the winner of the 2020 election. Now, I'll skip to the end. It happened. It was delayed by a few hours, but it happened and we will get to that. But what we imagined would simply be some debate. We knew there would be senators and members of the House on the Republican side standing up and objecting to the, uh, the counting of ballots from certain states, Arizona, for example, Pennsylvania and others. We knew that would happen. We expected there would be a couple of hours of debate for each of those objections, but that ultimately Republicans didn't have the vote to hold up even a single state's votes from being counted. And that it might be 10 p.m., it might be 1 a.m., it might be 3 a.m., it might be this morning or later today. Eventually, they would run out of objections, they would run out of votes, and that would be it. But something else happened. Something else happened, which is that in the morning, Donald Trump incited an insurrectionist mob to march down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol building and wreak havoc. Uh, break down doors and destroy windows, commit property crimes, fight with police, put some police actually injured. And this was fomented directly by Donald Trump. And this is not to say that many of these folks didn't have this idea going into yesterday already. 
But I am going to show you how Donald Trump did this. Donald Trump literally told them what to do and later said, oh, be, please be peaceful. But we will get to that. Here is Donald Trump at this wacky event. I don't know what they were calling it. It was a steal the election rally. Essentially, here is Trump again saying, Mike Pence, you'd better do the right thing. The left knows exactly what they're doing. They're ruthless. And it's time that somebody did something about it. And Mike Pence, I hope you're going to stand up for the good of our Constitution and for the good of our country. And if you're not, I'm going to be very disappointed in you. I will tell you right now. I'm not hearing good stories. Ultimately, Donald Trump ended up denouncing his own vice president, Mike Pence, and we will get to that later. Donald Trump continuing to fire up the crowd by saying the caravans are forming. Remember those caravans that up until the day before the 2018 midterms were every day in right wing media? The caravans of dangerous Hispanic immigrants are coming. 2018 midterms happen. We don't hear about the caravans ever again until yesterday. Here is Trump ginning up more uh, 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 hate by saying the caravans are forming because they know Biden will let them in. But now the caravans, they think Biden's getting in. The caravans are forming again. They want to come in again and rip off our country. Can't let it happen. And then here is Donald Trump just literally telling them what to do, saying we're, we're going to march up Pennsylvania Avenue. We're going to go to the Capitol. He said he told them what to do and they did it. Take a look. We're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I love Pennsylvania Avenue. And we're going to the Capitol and we're going to try and give the Democrats are hopeless. They're never voting for anything. Not even one vote. But we're going to try and give our Republicans the weak ones because the strong ones don't need any of our help. We're going to try and give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. So let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank you all. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you all for being here. This is incredible. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that is exactly that is exactly what they did while we were covering what I thought would just be really boring debate for hour after hour about Republican objections to the counting of ballots from certain states. We saw live and we saw we had over one point one million different people uh, watch at least some piece of our live stream yesterday. We all saw with with horror, most of us, uh, as the angry mob of Trumpists became angrier and angrier, fighting with police, eventually overwhelming law enforcement. And there are many questions about how that happened. Where where was law enforcement? And there are, there's everything from speculation to conspiracy theories to mere belief of incompetence. And at some point we will sort that out. Overwhelming law enforcement breaking into the Capitol, leading to Mike Pence being taken out of there by by a Secret Service, leading to House and Senate leadership being taken sort of in protective custody or you know by security to safe, safe uh, locations, an evacuation of the House and Senate chambers, protesters and mobsters and rioters. I don't even know what to call them broke into Nancy Pelosi's office uh, and uh, they, they did. They did exactly what would be on the logical end of two months of firing people up with lies, culminating with Trump saying at, at 12.30 p.m., half an hour before this all started, we're going to march over uh, down Pennsylvania Ave 
to the Capitol. Um, eventually, after things got completely out of control, and I know I'm not going to get every detail right, or, or I'm not going to get every detail into the story. Discussions about do we deploy the National Guard? Reports that Trump resisted, but ultimately Mike Pence made the decision to deploy the National Guard. Trump seemingly not wanting to deploy the National Guard against his own supporters. And eventually, Donald Trump uploaded a video saying to people, it's time to go home. He says, you're great people. We love you. It was stolen. It was a landslide. Then we actually won. But it's time to go home. And that video was ultimately uh, locked by Twitter, later removed, removed by Facebook. I didn't even find it on YouTube. Unclear whether they uploaded it and it was removed. It was a video uh, essentially defending the feelings and the actions, but saying it's time to go home and repeating the exact same stuff that ginned up the, the, the anger in the first place. Trump then also tweeted basically a defense of the rioters as he told them to go home. This was also removed by Twitter. Donald Trump saying these are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long. He is saying this is what happens when you steal the election from me. It makes sense that this is what's happening. And then he adds, go home with love and in peace. Remember this day forever. Uh, also ultimately removed from Twitter, Trump defending the actions of the violent riot rioters while sort of staying, saying go home. So we're going to talk about reaction to this and the discussion of the removal of Donald Trump. We will, of course, cover the fact that Biden did get the votes yesterday. There are rumors that will, there will be more rioting today. And very important, there were only as of now 52 arrests yesterday, even though there were clearly hundreds, if not thousands of people who trespassed, did property damage, uh, attacked police, broke the law in many different ways. The FBI has said it is a priority to identify every single person who did that. So uh, I, I'm not going to call names out specifically on this show, but there are known right wing activists and, and nuts who are pictured inside the Capitol and, and committing crimes, trespassing, etc. Um, let's help the FBI. There should be hundreds, if not thousands of arrests from what happened yesterday. And there have only been 52 as of five minutes ago. So let's let's actually uh, uh, make justice be done because th these are folks who deserve a criminal record. We talk about someone holding, uh, you know, hold, hold, holding a, a tiny amount of cannabis who ends up with a criminal record and how, how insane that is. These are folks who deserve criminal records. OK, so let's do what we can to make that happen. All right. Let's now go to the vi The most important thing that happened yesterday is something that didn't happen. And what I mean by that is the rioters were not able to prevent Joe Biden's win from being confirmed. As I was saying yesterday, as we watched with increased horror during these live streams, uh, almost six, seven hours of stream yesterday, as we watched the Capitol breached and the Senate and House chambers evacuated and violence, 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 even including, uh, you know, a woman died yesterday, a QAnon nut who believed yesterday was going to be a day of reckoning of some kind, a sort of a pseudo religious belief almost about what was going to take place. Horrible what we saw yesterday, but their goal was to prevent Joe Biden's win from being uh, counted. Remember, states already certified on December 14th, but from being counted. And they were unable to do that. And as I said yesterday, the most important thing is safety 
lock down the area, secure the building, make sure nobody gets hurt, as few people as possible get hurt. But we can't allow them to actually delay the process. And indeed, very late at night, early this morning, Congress certified the election of president elect Joe Biden. Uh, this was, you know, there was almost a backfire, which we will talk about in a moment. But here is the moment where Mike Pence did that. The votes for president of the United States are as follows. Joseph R. Biden, Jr. of the state of Delaware, has received 306 votes. Donald J. Trump of the state of Florida has received 232 votes. The whole number of electors appointed to vote for vice president of the United States is 538. Within that whole number, a majority is 270. The votes for vice president of the United States are as follows. Kamala D. Harris of the state of California has received 306 votes. Michael R. Pence of the state of Indiana has received 232 votes. The announcement of the state of the vote by the President of the Senate shall be deemed a sufficient declaration of the persons elected President and Vice President of the United States, each for the term beginning on the 20th day of January 2021. Had they been able to delay this more than a few hours, um, it would send a really bad signal. It would embolden them to do this in the future. And again, I want to mention only 52 people as of right now. It may be more by the time you listen to this. Only 52 people have been arrested so far. Uh, we need to make sure everybody who participated in this and broke the law is arrested because otherwise they will be emboldened to try this again. But it didn't work. Joe Biden, everything happened. Note, note that despite all of this, everything happened on the day it was supposed to happen. December 14th certifications, January 6th. OK, it bled into the 7th, but it was expected to anyway, because remember, if there had been objections from Republicans in six different states, each generating two hours of debate, this would have pushed into January 7th anyway, because of the riots. Some Republicans opted not to object in some of those states. So by rioting, the rioters actually sped up, in a sense, the process of just counting and accepting the Joe Biden win. And that's really, really important. Now, what this all means for the future of the country, we just don't know. Uh, there, there's really no parallel to this. I mean, we you know, it, insurgents acting violently in the name of Trump vandalize the Capitol. I from what I saw, there has not been a breach of the Capitol like this since early 19th century. Um, they objected without any evidence uh, that they could put forward to the acceptance of Joe Biden's victory, claiming vaguely that it was rigged with conflicting and unhinged uh, uh, hypotheses. And this is essentially the worst. I mean, listen, OK, they could have also brought guns and started mowing people down, right? Like we can all always imagine some worse scenario. But when you talk about what is the opposite of a peaceful transition of power, what is the worst that this could possibly get? What could be the possibly most dire repercussions of Donald Trump's agitation? It's essentially this. It's essentially this. We saw it. It's disgusting. People need to be held accountable. But importantly, it's over again. Joe Biden won again, another milestone that the Trumpists were waiting for to turn the, the election. It didn't happen. Joe Biden's win has been confirmed, and that's a very good thing.
OK, let me just briefly mention this because it is this is a really big story. Donald Trump has turned on his own vice president. Donald Trump has denounced his own vice president, Mike Pence. And there are reports coming from from uh, the, the White House that uh, Donald Trump is absolutely furious with Mike Pence. I'm not aware. And I looked to spend some time today looking in a very crazy, crazy day. I, I did want to research this to some degree. I've not been able to find another instance of a president turning on a vice president to this degree in American history. Donald Trump yesterday, again, in a tweet that ultimately was removed by Twitter because it was making false claims. Donald Trump turning on his own vice president, saying, quote, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our institution, giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones which they were asked to previously certify. USA demands the truth. Uh, I have never seen anything like this, and I've found nothing like this in the historical record. The president of the United States turning on his vice president. Now, we'll talk later about this. This was very good news for many Republicans. As I've been telling you, many Republicans are looking for an escape pod. I'm not defending Republicans in any way, but I recognize that some of them feel like, how do I break from Trump? How do I break? I need something to open the door to break from Trump. Trump denouncing Pence is exactly that. Uh, where now the writing is on the wall. Trump is going to basically shrink away for the last two weeks of his presidency. Pence, by being denounced by Trump, now is the person that nor, quote normal Republicans can side with. And many of them taking that opportunity, seeing a number of different Trump staffers come out and say, uh, we agree with Mike Pence. We've seen some resignations. There are theories that more resignations are coming. So I am not at every single one of these Republicans is disgusting because they should have had the testicular fortitude or the ovarian fortitude to um, uh, uh, step away and denounce it four years ago. They didn't. But this is they've opened the escape hatch as Trump has denounced Pence. And these are truly, truly historic days. So we'll continue covering all of these stories. We have much more today. Let me know your thoughts. I'm on Twitter at D Pacman. The David Pacman Show at DavidPacman.com. One of our sponsors today is Lucy, and they are giving my audience 20% off. Lucy is a company founded by Caltech scientists with only one mission, which is to help people quit smoking and vaping by offering a clean, affordable nicotine alternative. Now, many of you know, you've heard the stories. I've known several people in my life who have struggled with quitting smoking. I've seen how difficult it can be. And nicotine alternatives can be hugely helpful. Lucy offers a nicotine gum in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon and pomegranate. They also have lozenges which come in cherry ice flavor. Lucy is affordable. It'll ship right to your door. You don't have to go out to the store. Shipping is always free. You can buy single boxes or save with a subscription. It's the year 2020. It's time to throw the cigarettes away and get rid of the vape. And Lucy can make it easier. You'll find a ton of excellent reviews online from countless people who have used Lucy to quit smoking and vaping. Go check them out at Lucy.co. That's L U C Y dot co. The URL is in the podcast notes, and you will get 20% off when you use the coupon code Pacman. Quick disclaimer I'm required to give these products contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
One of our sponsors today is Magic Spoon. The reason I'm such a fan of Magic Spoon is they allow me to enjoy the delicious breakfast cereals I loved as a kid without all the sugar and without the unhealthy ingredients, because Magic Spoon makes breakfast cereal that you really can't tell apart from those tasty sugary cereals that we all know. But each serving of Magic Spoon has no sugar three net carbs and 11 grams of protein. So it's perfect for someone on a low carb keto diet. Just anybody trying to eat healthier and cut back on the sugar. You can choose from cocoa, frosted, fruity, cinnamon, blueberry or peanut butter. They all taste amazing. And Magic Spoon now lets you create your own customized variety pack with the flavors you choose. They really do stand by their product and will refund 100% of your money if you don't love it. No questions asked. Go to magicspoon.com/pacman to build your own custom variety box today and be sure to use promo code pacman to get free shipping. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. All right, let's continue. We have so much to discuss and so much to cover. Uh, there is very, very notable breaking news uh, that there are cabinet members actually discussing invoking the 25th Amendment to remove Donald Trump from office. Now, the fact that they're considering it is the story. I don't believe it will happen. I think ultimately it's going to be a lot of, well, if I supported it, would you supported it? If the two of us did, what about you? Will would Pence go for it? But the 25th Amendment, I don't believe ultimately will be invoked, but it is being discussed. CNN reporting that there are cabinet members holding preliminary discussions about invoking the 25th Amendment to force Donald Trump to leave office early. And it is unclear whether there will be enough cabinet members in favor to result in Donald Trump's removal. But this has now been widely reported by CNN, The Hill and numerous other outlets. It is abundantly clear that the conversation is happening in light of the violent riots that were fomented yesterday by Donald Trump. House Judiciary Democrats have also written a letter to Mike Pence asking him to invoke the 25th Amendment, although uh, I, I don't believe there's it, it, if it happens or if it's being seriously considered, it's not because Democrats are asking for it. But Congressman David Cicilline did write a, a letter in which he says, Dear Vice President Pence, it is with great sadness that we write to you following the incidents that unfolded where he goes on to say Section four of the 25th Amendment to the Constitution provides the vice president and majority of sitting cabinet secretaries with the authority to determine a president as unfit if they are unable to discharge the powers and duties of the office. Going on to say, for the sake of democracy, we emphatically urge you to invoke the 25th Amendment and begin the process of removing President Trump from power. Obviously, Donald Trump should be removed from power. Obviously, Donald Trump should have already been impeached. The Georgia phone call was an impeachable offense. There have been other impeachable offenses. We could go back to talk about Saudi Arabia and Yemen. I mean, it's we're, we're going back quite a way when we are now just 13 days from the end one way or another. Um, I don't believe that this will happen. And I think it's also important to say one one other thing about this. We'll be talking a little bit later 
about uh, Republicans now who are bailing on Donald Trump. Um, they're uh, they're done in 13 days. The idea that now they are being uh, brave and defiant and moral and upstanding guys, there's 13 days left. If you want to point to anyone, I mean, listen, um, uh, John McCain from the beginning was I'm not a big McCain guy, but from the beginning, McCain said what he believed. He didn't wait until there was no political risk. Mitt Romney. His opposition to Trump is quite milk toast, but it's been consistent after he had that weird frog leg lunch with with Trump, where it seemed like maybe he could be Trump's secretary of state. But it's been years that at least Mitt Romney has been consistent and it's not like a big deal. He's mildly critical of Donald Trump in most cases with a few more, more serious critiques. But he was exposed to the downsides of doing it for years. These people now who in the middle of the night last night, when everybody had already mostly tuned out, uh, came and said, you know, listen, our rule, our role here is just to count. And that's what we have to do. There's nothing else we can do. Or some of the resignations that are taking place now, including like from Mick Mulvaney, who who even remembered that Mulvaney was still even working for the Trump White House. Th this is it's too little, too late. And we can't now put them back on the good boys list as a result of them doing this. That's very important to keep in mind. Again, the, the big story is the mere fact that the use of the 25th Amendment is being considered is absolutely insane. It should be used. There are mental health professionals like Dr. Bandy Lee, who we've interviewed, who are now asking for a 72 hour psych hold for Donald Trump. Most of this stuff is merely symbolic, but the fact that it's taking place really uh, uh, confirms the dystopian reality in which we are living. And then also importantly, and we'll talk about this next, Donald Trump has agreed to leave office. And I know it sounds like, wait, how is that news? But given the circumstances, it is so uh, late last night, early this morning, as the violent Trumpist rioters were unable to stop the counting of the electoral votes in favor of Joe Biden being the next president of the United States, Donald Trump threw Dan Scavino put out a statement that he is agreeing to leave office on January 20th. Now, the the sick irony is when he lost in early November, he was leaving office on January 20th. And so I, I have kind of mixed feelings and mixed reactions to this. He finally is agreeing. And yet it's irrelevant because he wasn't going to be president anymore. Come noon Eastern time on January 20th. And even in his statement, a quote agreeing to leave office, Donald Trump still repeats the exact same uh, inciting statements that led to the violent Trumpist mob rioters yesterday in Washington, D.C. Donald Trump saying, wow, uh, even though I totally disagree with the outcome of the election and the facts bear me out, that's a lie. Nevertheless, there will be an orderly transition on January 20th. While this represents the end of the greatest first term in presidential history, it's only the beginning of our fight to make America great again. Imagine the delusion. Imagine the delusion. Donald Trump lost the House for Republicans on 2018 in 2018, lost the Senate for Republicans in 2020 and was made a one term president amidst the most cartoonishly farcical 
presidency we have ever seen. We've never seen an actual uh, 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 more authoritarian president in the United States. The modern era of politics was not even prepared. We learned for something this absurd as even many of the checks and balances were were impotent in actually holding Trump accountable for for his ignoring those checks and balances. And Trump says this was the best first term of any president in history. So it's delusional. But the idea that only because Trump has agreed this is going to be what takes place is also just a, a, a laughing stock and making the United States a laughing stock. Trump was leaving one way or the other. And the fact that it is so newsworthy that he has now come out and said, I am agreeing to an orderly transition of power is wild. But then what's the most important thing? The most important thing is that it's too late. It it's already not an orderly transition of power. And the fact that Trump will fly off to who knows where on January 19th or January 20th and golf and tweet if he's still even allowed on Twitter, which is an, another story for later today. It's it's already not an orderly transition. And I think that's what we have to understand. You know, as I said, as we see some Republicans now back away from Trump, they need to be held accountable for the four years that they defended him. And in the same way that Donald Trump is now backing away from resisting leaving office and saying it will be an orderly transition, the orderly has has uh, that ship has sailed uh, thousands of violent Trumpists stormed the Capitol yesterday, breaking in and doing all sorts of damage and even leading to the death of one woman. Uh, the ship has sailed on orderly and we can't now allow Trump to revise the story by saying I'm going to leave in an orderly fashion on January 20th. That ship has sailed and we will talk a little bit later about what the next several months might look like. Let's take a quick break. Make sure you're following the show on Instagram at David Pakman show and follow me on Instagram at David the David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. Start your day and your new year off right with Just Egg, which is one of our sponsors. You've heard me talk about the importance of having a diet that is more heavily plant based than it's something I've done over the last few years. I've always loved eggs. So it's great that there is a delicious plant based version of egg with all the protein of egg that just egg brings with it. But it's made from mung beans, so it uses 98 percent less water and causes 93 percent fewer carbon emissions than a conventional egg. And just egg cooks and tastes exactly like a conventional egg. I've tried it for omelets, scrambled eggs, French toast, banana bread, pad thai, anything you'd normally use eggs for. And I actually think if I cooked something for a friend without telling them about just egg, they wouldn't even know the difference. Find it in the egg aisle at your grocery store on Amazon Prime now or on Instacart. And they also have a frozen version perfect for breakfast sandwiches. Just egg. Try it out. So it's a new year. And for many people, that means new goals around getting fit or losing weight. And if part of that for you involves a low carb or ketogenic diet, then I have something you will want to check out. It's called So Ketolicious, and they're giving you 20% off. 
So Ketolicious has perfected ketogenic crusts for baking your favorite foods. They make a delicious keto dessert crust, which comes in a chocolate and vanilla flavor. And it's perfect for making things like pies. They also have a premium keto pizza crust, which I've been using at home to make pizzas, and it's great. Uh, it is great to go right out of the freezer. And when you cook it, it doesn't fall apart like a lot of other low carb crusts do. It's high fat, which is perfect for keto, grain free, gluten free, no soy or additives or preservatives or fillers. But most importantly, they just taste great. I can tell you firsthand. Just go to davidpackmancom slash pizza. The link is in the podcast notes and they'll give you 20 percent off your entire order when you use the coupon code Pacman. Welcome back to the David Pakman show. All right, let's uh, let's continue. Um, I already told you about some of the absolutely seditious elements and insightful elements. And by that, I mean, I N C I not insight like, oh, what great insight you have um, that Donald Trump posted to social media yesterday, which were quite rapidly removed uh, by Twitter as well as Facebook. And that includes a video in which Donald Trump says to his uh, violent riot supporters, go home. We love you. You're great. It was stolen. Uh, obviously, this was what was going to happen, implying that the violence was actually justified. But it's time to go home. Um, Twitter and Facebook suspended Donald Trump for an interim period as a result of the things that he posted. Donald Trump was suspended from Twitter and Facebook for uh, his tweets and videos to supporters who were violently storming the U.S. Capitol. Trump posted the social media message saying he he loves them and that they're just the best people, but that it's time to go home. He repeated false claims about election fraud in those messages. And Twitter said that it removed three tweets for so-called severe violations of their civic integrity policy. Now, it, earlier in the show, we already went through what these three items were. The first was a tweet in which Donald Trump denounced his own vice president, Mike Pence. That by itself is historic and outrageous in nature. And in so doing, he included uh, in that tweet that there was all sorts of fraud and Pence isn't doing the right thing. That tweet was initially removed by Twitter. Later in the day, Donald, as the violence grew on the Capitol at the Capitol, uh, Donald Trump posted a one minute video saying it was stolen. We won in a landslide, but it's time to go home. That video was removed by Twitter. Uh, and then later, Donald Trump posted another tweet in which he essentially said, and here I'm paraphrasing, we read the exact tweet earlier. This is what you get when you steal the election that we won in a landslide. Twitter also removing that. And then before we knew it, Donald Trump had been suspended for 12 hours on Twitter and a Twitter also saying that Trump's account will remain locked indefinitely if those tweets are not removed, also indicating that future violations of the Twitter rules by Donald Trump will result in the permanent suspension of this account. So there is a micro story here and there is a macro story here. The micro story is we've been wondering after January 20th comes and Donald Trump no longer has what are called public uh, public servant. Uh, I believe it's called public servant protection by Twitter. Is he going to get banned very quickly? 
And the reason that it's a micro story is that it really depends on, for example, does Trump even continue to tweet? A lot of people email me. They say, David, once Trump is no longer president, all he's going to be doing is tweeting. He's going to tweet even more. He's going to need Twitter as the bully pulpit because he's not going to have the bully pulpit of the presidency. Others believe that Donald Trump is being so um, I don't know what the right word is disheartened. It, it, it disheartened almost sounds like the guy has normal emotions, but that Donald Trump is going to basically end up so defeated and shrunken by everything that's taken place in the last few months that we're just never going to hear from him again once he is lo no longer president. So listen, it, Twitter is making it very clear that if Trump continues this stuff when he's no longer president, he's getting banned from Twitter altogether. He has about 80 something million followers and uh, Twitter saying we, we will ban him. And OK, that's that's interesting. The bigger story here is that we have seen such a debasement and coarsening of what is acceptable to hear from our elected officials that it has trickled down dramatically. And now things that four years ago would have been inconceivable from elected officials are considered sort of normal because they're not as crazy as what Donald Trump is doing. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Donald Trump is at the very peak of this completely unhinged, uh, 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 unbecoming language and behavior that we would expect to see from an American president doing everything from inciting violent riots, attacking everything from reporters to his own vice president. I won't give you the list because it would take me hours to give you the list. That is a new high watermark or low bar. Call it what you want. But in the shadow of what Donald Trump has made normal oh, to some degree over the last four years, or at least expected because he continues to do it, a whole bunch of Republicans who in the past, even through political disagreements, would have said this is too much. They now participate in either tacitly defending or repeating and sound and, and signal boosting to some degree much of what Donald Trump has been saying. And it, we really saw it come to a head yesterday where only when these riots led to our elected officials needing to put on gas masks to be evacuated from the House and Senate chambers, only then did some of them, some of them, mind you, say, you know what? The six two hour objections about so-called voter fraud that aren't going anywhere. We're going to we're going to drop it. Uh, we, we have to come together. The violence has to stop. And 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 so they also compared to the 2015 standard have completely debased themselves. But in the shadow of Trump's more cartoonish debasement, a lot of them are getting a pass and you're starting to see now and we'll have some clips of this a little bit later. You're starting to see so-called reasonable Republicans start to put a dividing line in the sand saying the Trump stuff is over the line. But what Josh Hawley has been saying and doing is fine. What Ted Cruz has been saying and doing is fine. And this goes back to something I talked to you about in really in November of 2016, where I said, it is going to be a fight to prevent hyper normalization for the next four years. We are as humans, we are so adaptable that crazy situations become normal and they start to feel normal to some degree. And um, you know, to those of us who have, who have been wearing masks now in public for many, many months, it, it's it starts to almost feel weird not to have the mask. And this is because humans by our nature are very flexible uh, and, and adaptable. We need to make sure that the Ted Cruz's and the Josh Hawley's 
by being five percent less nuts than Trump don't sort of get a pass in any way. And with you and with me, they they aren't getting that pass. But there are lots of more centrist types and folks who more casually pay attention to politics who are sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump's over the line, but the Republican Party otherwise is fine. No, no, no. The Republican Party and right wing media have been off the wall insane for four years at this point. And we have to remember we, we have to remember not to forget that as we get beyond Donald Trump. Now, you might find this interesting. I, I was wondering, um, how is right wing media going to spin the violent, riotous insurrection that took place in Washington, D.C. yesterday? Uh, will they say it was actually Antifa and Black Lives Matter? The answer is yes, some of them did. And I'll have clips of that for you a little bit later. How are they going to frame what is a rift to some degree between Trump and much of the rest of the Republican Party. For example, I put the tweet up on the screen for you earlier, which has since been removed by Twitter of Donald Trump denouncing his own vice president, Mike Pence, where he said Mike Pence failed us. And and I am not aware and was not able to find in the historical record for the last 150 years a president denouncing his own vice president in this way. I, I just wasn't able to find it. How would right wing media deal with that? I have one example for you, and it is uh, it's almost poetically just that it comes from Fox and Friends host Ainsley Earhart, who has been one of the most sycophantic and vile brown nosers of this president for four years. I hope you're sitting down for this. Ainsley Earhart's framing was, I hope Donald Trump can forgive Mike Pence for not trying to overthrow the election results. Think about that. Okay, Donald Trump demanded that Mike Pence do uh, the, the impossible and the illegal and the immoral, which is somehow stop Joe Biden from being president, despite that being the will of the people, and then denounced his own vice president after this uh, violent insurrection started. Ainsley's idea is I really hope Trump will forgive Pence. Take a look at this video clip. You know what? Mike Pence can just wave that magic wand. It'll all be fixed. I hope that doesn't taint their relationship because they have been such supporters of one another and been a good team because uh, how Donald can it Trump. Be, how can it be good after that? I'm sure it won't be, but I hope that, you know, I hope the president will be able to forgive him because Mike Pence is such a, a, a stellar individual. His walk with God is amazing. I mean, he's. He's a good man. And, um, you know, both of them have done a lot to help the country. And I hope that they can move forward and move past this and just agree that there were there were differences. I'm sure the president feels like um, I'm responsible for him becoming vice president. So he should have done this for me. But the president, as you've been saying all along, Brian, um, the vice president has stood by his side and supported him all along the way. So hopefully uh, their friendship won't end after this for the good of the country. I bet you it's done. Yeah, I know. So this is weaponized delusion. And we're going to have I couldn't possibly get all of these clips for you. Now, this is this is one type of reaction, which is a complete reframing. It's like the equivalent of a lot of it's a trapeze artist flipping around and turning everything upside down and swinging wildly from one place to another. Some other networks and some other channels and outlets were sort of pretending none of this was going on. Even Fox News at one point yesterday, five hours into the riotous insurre insurrection, if you went to the Fox News website, 
all that all it said was uh, protesters delay counting of electoral votes, which if you had been paying attention, does not exactly capture the violence and and seditious nature of what was going on yesterday. Others, uh, for example, Newsmax and OAN for much of the day were just talking about completely different things altogether. It was like nothing is going on at one point last night. In fact, when the electoral vote count continued, uh, most cable networks were covering it. But if you turn to Fox News, it was Laura Ingram ranting about how maybe it was actually Antifa who did this in Washington, D.C. And I'll get to those clips a little bit later. So as I said on yesterday's show, different people deal with loss in different ways. Uh, But what is abundantly clear is that there there is nothing too crazy. There is nothing that these Trump supporters can do that won't find some defense in some right wing media. And there is no absurdity too absurd that someone on Fox News won't be able to come up with some kind of pretzel. Uh, logic pretzel. I hope Trump forgives Pence. Pence is disgusting, but at least Pence immediately denounced the violence full stop. Reportedly is the guy who actually called the National Guard to get to D.C., even though Donald Trump was resisting doing it and immediately came back and said, let's continue. We're not going to be delayed from doing this. Pence is horrible. His failures on coronavirus, his religious nuttery. I mean, he's he's horrible. But the idea that Trump needs to forgive Pence, uh, if this is any indication of what Fox News is going to look like for the next two or four years, we are really in for it. And after the break, we, we will get to, yes, the idea that what could it have been Antifa that actually did the pro Trump insurrectionist mob yesterday? We'll get to that a little bit later. The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. I want to take a second to tell you about one of our sponsors, SNH Masks. SNH Masks has everything you need when it comes to face masks and other protective gear for COVID-19. And they're giving my audience 20 percent off. SNH Masks is the company that I've personally been going to for face masks. I love and trust the products they sell. And that's actually why I reached out to them about being a sponsor. I've tried tons of different face masks this year, like many of you. And I still have not found a mask that is more comfortable or easier to breathe in than the washable cotton masks that they sell. It's made of a silky, lightweight cloth that feels great on the skin, has a convenient adjustable strap. They also have disposable cloth masks, which are really comfortable, as well as all of the other gear like face shields, alcohol wipes, no touch infrared thermometers. And all of their prices are very reasonable. I also love SNH masks because they've donated over 60,000 masks to healthcare institutions. They're an excellent company. Shipping is just five bucks and shipping is free on orders over one hundred and fifty dollars. You can get there by going to davidpackmancom slash mask. The link is in the podcast notes and you can save 20 percent on everything in their store when you use coupon code David. The David Pakman Show at davidpackman.com. You know, one of the um, traps that I will sometimes fall into, and I know that that many of my friends do as well, and people I follow on Twitter, 
is this idea that, okay, this is over the line. No one is actually going to find a way to defend this. And every single time uh, we are disappointed or is it surprised or let down or whatever the case may be. And this applies to the insurrectionist mob of rioters that Donald Trump incited yesterday who went to the U.S. Capitol, breached security, breached the doors, broke windows, got into Nancy Pelosi's office and vandalized and so on and so forth. And I I sort of jokingly, what's a joke these days? I sort of uh, tongue in cheek suggested I'm sure they'll figure out a way to blame Antifa and Black Lives Matter for this. And that's exactly what many people did. Uh, here is a clip from. Um, so this is happening at the high level and it's happening at the low level for a clip at the high level. When last night the vote resumed uh, in the joint session, um, most networks were covering it. But on Fox News, Laura Ingram was saying uh, that she heard that uh, from The Washington Times, there were at least two Antifa spotted in the crowd. I'm not kidding. Take a look. Actions we saw today do not represent this movement. The Washington Times is reporting that at least two Antifa were spotted in the crowd. So listen, first of all, uh, even if it were true that there were two Antifa spotted, there were thousands of violent Trump insurrectionists pushing their way onto the Capitol portico and some of them into the building, et cetera, et cetera. So even if it were true that two Antifa were spotted, it wouldn't really tell us much about the reality of what took place yesterday. It was a incited by Trump, pro Trump, Trumpist, riotous, seditious insurrection, period. But what does it mean two Antifa were spotted? Did they have signs? Because if they were just dressed in black, a lot of the riotous pro Trump seditionists were also dressed in black and they specifically many of them planned to dress in black. So what if this is true, it's irrelevant. Whether it's true is a real question. And then, of course, the idea that this is anything other than a genuine pro Trump movement is not supported by fact. Now, unfortunately, so. Ingram is an example of this happening at the high level. Oh, it's two Antifa were spotted in absolute trash. OK, but friends of mine who have conservative family members, as an example, I had an inbox full of screenshots and and uh, uh, posts yesterday of my friend's aunt, my friend's cousin, whoever else posting all sorts of content claiming that this entire thing was staged by the left. There really weren't any Trumpists that the Trumpists that were there and peacefully walked to the Capitol weren't the same ones that breached. And uh, of course, you have to suspend all disbelief in order to to, to even plausibly consider that this is the case. Uh, but unfortunately, once again, when we assume wrongly this is over the line. Nobody will defend this. Even for them, this is too much. We're wrong every single time. And they figured out a way uh, through a combination of arguing that a few bad apples, maybe not even right wingers, they might the bad apples might all have been Antifa or Black Lives Matter, for which there is no evidence. Another version that I saw, and in fact, there, there are some enlightened centrists who have YouTube channels who were making this case. The problem is the media 
with bloodlust showing the video of what's going on. I, I actually heard that yesterday and, and saw it on Twitter today, which is the, the problem is not the first order, which is that people are doing this and they are Trumpists. And even though we were told it's the left that's violent, it's the right that has done something that hasn't happened since the 19th century, breaching the Capitol uh, building with with property crime and vandalism and violence and all this stuff. That's really the issue. There were people saying the the media's coverage of this is uh, sensational and salacious. The, what what that's that's what you think is the problem. The fact that media were accurately reporting about the seditious insurrectionist riotous behavior that was taking place. So we've seen every combination. There is no defense too absurd. There is no defense too ridiculous that some of them won't try it. You know, there's all these rules. Godwin's law, which I think is the longer an Internet discussion goes on, the more likely it becomes someone makes an analogy to Hitler or Nazis or you know, all, all of the Occam's razor. There should be some principle named uh, for the idea that any defense of Trump or Trumpists, no matter how absurd, will eventually be made and put out there uh, by by some of these Trumpists. And all we can really do is continue to stick to the facts, uh, not become over. You know, one of the things was a lot of people were writing to me saying, how do I respond to this? You know, my aunt is posting that what's going on is not really what's going on. What what do I do? And my, my advice is do nothing. Unfortunately, my I, I think that if you want to adopt what I call a retail strategy, which is arguing with people one on one, I don't really have advice for you. I, I, I really don't. Be, I don't think it's a good idea. If some if somebody really sees what happened yesterday and actually believes or has convinced themselves that they believe it was really Antifa or something like that, I don't see the point of arguing with them. I think the, the, the healthier approach is to say, um, this person believes this stuff as a result of like a 40 year campaign of pseudo and anti intellectualism and and false talking points that really go back to like Reagan's idea of this welfare queen who was just getting rich off of having kids and drove a Cadillac and and lived this great life. That is sort of the beginning of everything we've seen. Immigrants are the are dangerous and communists are coming in and social Joe Biden's associate, you know, all that stuff. We need to be thinking about about more of a wholesale strategy, which uh, includes changing the media landscape, changing the culture, changing education. And I, my instinct is that's healthier than getting frustrated with Aunt Blanche uh, sharing that crazy thing about how it was really Antifa who did the thing. It, to me, it seems like an exercise in, in futility, uh, but I'm open to having my mind change that. That's just my advice. So we we now have a situation and we're going to have time to have a, a, a sort of bigger conversation about this as we get closer and closer to Joe Biden's inauguration. But we have a, a situation here where Donald Trump now has cost the Republican Party everything. Trump has cost the Republican Party everything he could have cost them. Donald Trump cost the Republican Party the House in the 2018 midterms. Donald Trump cost the Republican Party the Senate in the 2020 election. Donald Trump uh, uh, caused himself to be a one term president, now putting the Republican Party out of the Oval Office just uh, 13 days from now. Donald Trump has cost the Republican Party global shame and embarrassment and has ruined the careers of many, many people. And so we're seeing Republicans start to turn on Donald Trump. Donald Trump denounced his own vice president, Mike Pence, yesterday in the middle of the Capitol Hill riots that he incited himself. We saw Mick Mulvaney, who uh, I, I learned during the break 
um, went from being Trump's chief of staff to like an envoy to, I think, Ireland. Um, and and he resigned. And there are thoughts that there may be more resignations. There are thoughts that uh, there are reports that some cabinet members are thinking about invoking the 25th Amendment to try to remove Donald Trump. So from the point of view of blame and from the point of view of holding people accountable, none of these Republicans. Oh, sorry, I hit my mic. I'm so excited. None of these Republicans deserve to now be praised and to be given a blank slate because with 13 days to go, they said this is too much for me. This segment is not about praising the moral Republicans who, after three years and eleven and a half months, are now saying this is too much for me. This is not about that. But this is about what does the future of the Republican Party look like? And in particular, after this week, not only did Donald Trump incite a seditious riot in the Capitol, uh, but he uh, also oversaw the two people he endorsed, Kelly Leffler and David Perdue, lose their Senate seats as incumbent Republicans to Democratic challengers Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. You are starting to see Republicans uh, bail and you start to see these reports like we saw in the week about Republicans privately furious at Trump over what happened in Georgia and Republicans privately furious that Trump put them in a position to have to either support bogus claims of voter fraud or have to denounce Donald Trump essentially and risk being on the receiving end of Trump's anger. These Republicans are complete fools and they deserve none of our pity whatsoever. But the question does become what happens in the next two years and in the next four years. And what I care about is, is there an opportunity for Joe Biden to get things done because Donald Trump has so debased and destroyed the Republican Party? The Republican Party will rebuild and they may even do well in 2022. I think it's more likely they do well in the House than the Senate because of the 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 a uh, cohort of Senate elections that are taking place in 2022. But the point is, I care about progress and Joe Biden is going to come in in 13 days and he'll start doing things that he can do via executive order and that's going to be fine. And then we don't know if Joe Biden is going to get any Supreme Court picks, but if he does, we'll deal with that when when it comes to it. But the real question is going to be from the big legislative agenda, from the big policy agenda, what can Joe Biden get done? We've said before, these Republicans are going to be the uh, uh, total obstructionists that we've seen them be in the past. Um, they are going to get in the way of Joe Biden doing almost anything with control of the Senate now 50 50 with Kamala Harris as the tie breaking vote and continued control of the House with total government control by Democrats. There is now a real possibility that some of the big agenda items can be done. Can we do a big infrastructure green energy deal? Uh, can we get the public option done and reduce the Medicare age and make the other changes that that uh, Joe Biden has uh, lobbied for or uh, campaigned on? Uh, what is Joe Biden going to be able to do in terms of foreign policy and foreign relations and rebuilding? And the questions around policy are the same ones. But with much of the Republican Party now distancing from Trump, the question is, is there anything that can be done that will get a few Republicans to be allies, even if just for the next two years um, that give Joe Biden the opportunity to really get some important things done. There are moral questions. We could have an ethical debate about whether, you know, wouldn't that uh, risk rehabilitating the reputation of some of these Republicans who don't deserve that reputation to be real? OK, we can have that debate. But at the end of the day, 
Trump had this list of things he was going to do and he failed to do most of them. And that's great. He was going to you know, do the, do his horrible health care plan. He failed. He was going to build a wall and he failed a lot of the good things he promised. He also failed on 100 million vaccines by the end of 2020 Israeli Palestinian peace. You know, the, the list of things that it would have been nice to do that he failed on is also there. And that's what it is. The presidency is ending. What can Joe Biden get done? And is there any politically strategic way that these last two weeks during which Trump denounces his own VP and Republicans start to distance? These are still terrible people. But from the totally pragmatic perspective, can this be leveraged in any way to get something done that we really need to get done in this country? We'll leave that question there and we'll pick it up next week. And certainly uh, when when Joe Biden is ultimately sworn in, we have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. I received many voicemails and questions that are very similar to this, asking whether the riot may not be a pretext for Trump to declare martial law. Okay, let's take a listen. Uh, Okay, the problem is that uh, I'm just watching the uh, Trump uh, uh, people attacking the Congress, uh, and then uh, it seems like that uh, the left is playing uh, into their hand by uh, actually making it a big deal because uh, then it would give the Trump people the chance to call for a martial law. Yeah. So this was brought up a lot during my live streams yesterday. Trump incites a riot, sends in the National Guard. Things are crazy or doesn't as he it seems he refused to. But Mike Pence did. But in any case, uses the riots to say we need to declare martial law and I'm going to stay in office. I don't think Trump is that organized. And what we've seen in the last 12 hours, not in the last 24, but in the last 12, is that Donald Trump has finally put out a statement saying he's going to leave peacefully on January 20th. It's too late for it to be peaceful, but at least he's saying on the 20th he will be peaceful. We have seen the riots largely quelled and uh, it is not what is going to take place. Now, I did also receive messages from people saying, should the left really be saying we need more of a law enforcement present uh, presence on the Capitol when law enforcement is is often the problem? Uh, no. Yet a, a law enforcement presence was needed on the Capitol yesterday. There's just no where. How do you quell what was going on without a law enforcement presence? And I think that the relatively few leftists who were saying that um, uh, were, were simply were, were simply maybe just uh, not thinking about it uh, in, in the right way. But I don't blame you for wondering, would Trump incite a riot to then create the pretext in which he would declare martial law? I think morally he would have no problem with it. I think the limitations are he's not that organized and he's already said I'm leaving and the riots have calmed down. Now, there are rumors that there are going to be more riots today and even in the, the days leading up to January 20th. We will pay attention to that and we will cover it. Uh, if if it should come to pass, we will be discussing on the bonus show today. Um, there have been some videos which purport to be police actually removing barricades to let protesters rioters in yesterday to the U.S. Capitol. Um, we're going to talk about that because there are a number of perspectives about those supposed videos. We will also talk about in the midst of this, Joe Biden is actually getting some sweet revenge in that Merrick Garland will be his attorney general, Merrick Garland. Barack Obama's Supreme Court nominee who was obstructed by Mitch McConnell and Republicans back in 2016 and much more on today's bonus show. I, I 
very quickly. I so appreciate the couple hundred people that grabbed memberships over the last 48 hours um, in appreciation of the, the coverage we've been doing. I really appreciate it. I invite you to grab a membership at joinpacman.com.